Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. And one of the things in working with uh, B2B companies that comes up in developing their strategy, their marketing, and so on, is social media. Of course, that's a, it's no longer a new thing. It's a thing. It's part of the fabric of things. But in B2B, it's sometimes a little challenging to know how to think about it and what's possible with it. And it sometimes feels like a lot of money might go into it and not really getting the ROI. So to help unpack that, I've asked experts, social media experts, especially in the area of B2B, uh, Carlin Ankrum, to join us for a, a really dynamic session today. We're going to talk about what's possible, what might be some of your objectives, and maybe some simple approaches you can take at relatively low cost that would have high impact in advancing your status with potential customers, potential partners, and potential employees through the strategic use of social media. So listen closely as Carlin joins us right now. Well, welcome Carlin to Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Carlin, just for our audience, if you just give us a little context of what you do primarily and who you do it for. Absolutely. So I own uh, Osnap Social. It is a social media marketing agency dedicated to helping business owners and their teams to create compelling content that ultimately leads to connection, conversation, and conversion. Uh, all of that, not at all the same time. They are building blocks after all. And we do that through our fan fire starter framework. Don't ask me to say that five times fast. It's a bit of a tongue twister, um, but it really helps people dig into the numbers so that they can build a strategy moving forward that hits the goals that they want to hit. And then we do all that content implementation and management for them so they don't have to, so they can get back to running their businesses. Okay, fantastic. And so let me ask you just a question I'm sure will be kind of a, a layup, right? Or like, a, what is it, fastball right over the plate, which <laughs> is, is social and social media as a, as a real marketing um, thrust or effort, is it not primarily for business to consumer versus business to business? It is all of the above. I specialize in business to business, uh, service-based professional industry, you know, solopreneurs all the way to your neighborhood HVAC company and beyond okay. uh, because you're trying to reach ultimately either other commercial businesses where you have a commercial arm of your industry or your business yeah. or that direct to consumer. So just depends. Okay. So it's still, it's equally relevant in, in those. Situations. Absolutely. Just the strategies that you apply with each are different. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that because again, I mean, anybody <laughs> with just, you know, paying a little bit of attention or the, anybody who's, you go to a restaurant and you see like a whole family of four and they're all like on their phones. Right. So like, <laughs> yes, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a reality, right? Yes. So, so in that context, where, where does a business that, let's say, manufactures some heavy machinery or, you know, or manufactures parts 
for the company that makes heavy machinery, real pure industrial B2B kind of stuff like iron and steel and stuff like <laughs> that, right? How does social even play in that context? Yeah, I think people's initial knee-jerk reaction is, oh, LinkedIn. Let's go to LinkedIn for that. Mm. And I think in in some aspects, absolutely, because that's where a lot of the decision makers hang out. And more importantly, the gatekeepers of the decision makers hang mm. out. Because if you think about it, CEOs, business owners are not on social. They hire people like me to go do it for them. Okay. All right. right? So it's understanding who the gatekeeper or they hire their office manager or their admin, their executive assistant to manage all that for them. So you have to know who the players are in this game of chess that we have to play to okay. get that audience. Similarly, on the flip side of that, when people are at night watching TV on their phone, they're watching the voice, they're scrolling, they're, you know, whatever they're doing, they're at dinner eating, they're scrolling. They might be wearing the, the dad hat or the mom hat or the whatever wife hat, but at the same time, they're still a business owner. You, you know what I'm right, saying? So, right. So they're not, they're not always in business owner mode right throughout life there could be at the kids soccer game and so on i've, I've been in many of those yeah those are, right so so you're not just appealing it's they're not robots right and it's appealing to the education and the entertainment aspect of social media and interrupting what i call like people's like regularly scheduled programming with something of value that's relevant to them that's why when we go you know I always call it like big brother mode where you're, you're, you go and research a hotel and then it follows you around the internet for a while. Right, right. Sure. It's that kind of mentality, but from a social landscape where you are creating content, leveraging the behaviors, the hashtags, the keywords that your audience is using in order to be found by find your content. Okay. And yeah. so let's talk a little bit because you talk about your specialization in content, right? So, um, what does that mean as a practical thing? Somebody's saying, okay, well, you know, we have a Facebook page, but we don't get any business from that. And then you check it out and you realize the last time anybody posted anything was like, you know, pre-COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, or COVID's happening or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You might want to update that. <laughs> um, so, you know, what kind of burden, maybe I shouldn't have called it a burden. What kind of opportunities are there for a company to create content, what kind of content do they need to create to be relevant in this social landscape? Yeah, I think right now, and this all could change by the airtime, right? Like right now, short form video is rules the roost. What do I mean by that? Think TikTok-esque style content, mm -hmm. 10 seconds or less. 10 seconds or less. Yeah. Seven seconds is the sweet spot for Instagram reels right now. Okay. Um, and what there's a lot of, and I know AI is a big topic people have been talking sure. about. We're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. There's AI pieces of this too, where if you have a longer form YouTube video, or maybe you're, I'm going to use the HVAC example, just cause that's easy for a sure. lot of people to comprehend. If you're doing a big install right at a commercial job and you got like the crane and you got, you know, all of the, the machinery getting lifted and like the technicians on the roof, like installing and running all the wiring and da, da, da. like all of that could be one clip and it could be seven seconds long. Might have taken you all day. And I think that's the challenge for people is they don't integrate content creation within their daily day of activities. Right. So we go out oftentimes on these jobs with with these techs. And we're there for two hours and we're like, 
we pick a job, a commercial job that they have four or five different things that they're doing. So we can get as much of the different content as possible, get in, get out. And then we have a ton of content to pull from going forward. And I think people think content is hard to do, but it's not if it's already top of mind. And that takes practice from a business well, owner well, perspective. Right. So, so for example, one thing, and I've observed just some recently, especially I upgraded about six months ago to an iPhone, I think 13, it's already up to 14, mm-hmm. but the cameras on these things are amazing. Epic. I mean, you could They're almost too good. <laughs> okay. And like 4k is a lot for anyone to care about on social, if I'm being honest. Right. So it's too good for that. And, and, yeah. and the casual things, or even I've, I've done some things just interviewing somebody like we're doing now on zoom and capturing that it's good enough. Yes. And it, there's a general sense that people don't always need a Spielberg production to appreciate. I mean, TikTok's proven that it's all a hundred percent. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. But, and in fact, you, people like the, the messy, a little, I mean, messy is relative of what you consider messy. They like the authenticity of it because it sure. feels real. We're served thousands of ads every single day. And you're like, Ugh, another one right? versus if it's Johnny at the job, welding the two pipes together like that with like the cool spark effect and all that, that's cooler to someone than like a stock video of someone they don't know doing that. Gotcha. So. But but you said something very interesting. You said integrating it into their normal day-to-day operation, right? So because yeah. a lot of people think about this, they think about a lot of marketing this way that, you know, you, you have to outsource it. So now you bring out a firm and there's, there's a, there's a role in that obviously, or else, you know, it'd be a different business, but, yeah. um, but it has to be a big deal. And video tends to fall into that category. Most people still remember, especially anybody who's run their business 20, 30 years, video is like an event and yes. you bring in, you know, all the lights and the studio and the videographer and so on. And the idea of, well, no, you got a video studio in your pocket. Absolutely. And it's, and it's good enough. In fact, to your point might even be better. This yeah. is too slickly yeah. produced. Yeah. So is that a real challenge when you work with business owners to get them to see that? A hundred percent. I have recently offered up photo training and video training to people's staff uh, because of that gap, uh, especially in some of the businesses I get to work with w- that are not local to where I'm at in the DC metropolitan area. So, cause I, I work with clients all over the country. And so for me, I have a photo guy that I can, you know, share with them. I walk them through it. In fact, I just did this last month, beginning of the month at their staff meeting. So they didn't even have to have a separate meeting for me to come. I came in, I talked about the importance of photos cause it's a handyman service. They have to do before and after photos as part of their like CRM. Like they have right. to add that into the system, proving that the job was done and it was done correctly. So they have that receipt. And I was like, you're having to take photos anyway of the job. We might as well make them good photos. And just simple tips like, like, you know, (laughs) clean your lens of your camera. Find like, right? Like (laughs) it's the simplest things, but it's, it's easy for people to forget because they are in that mode. Right. But if they already have to take pictures, I guarantee you I'm in the back of their head. Like, are you standing in the same spot where you took the before picture? Is it, is there enough light on in here? Can right. I turn on more lights? 
because I made them all little cheat sheets too that they could put in their folders when they go. No to kidding, town. that's awesome. I love it. Thought about laminating them, but I will tell you because I've done this, we've gotten exponential photos of quality caliber than we had done in the months. I was like, why didn't I do this months ago? This was, you know, well, but it's interesting great. because just the human factor, right? It's, it's beneath everyone's attention. No one's thinking. They might even think I can't be good enough, can it? Yeah. Uh, and it's and I love the lighting thing because I've seen like before and after and the after is like filmed at night almost. It's you know, it's like like kind of defeats the whole point. Like I thing. guarantee you it took all day, but also maybe come back tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's it's no, definitely great. an ongoing challenge, and it doesn't matter what industry is, is you I always say people have to be our partner in content creation because example, I can't be you on camera. Mm -hmm. You are you and I am me. And I, you know, AI might change that whole dynamic eventually. <laughs> Scarily enough, right. Scarily enough. Right. But for now, you got to be you on camera and I can give you the directive of how to do that successfully where it resonates with your audience. But, you know, and so the hands-off approach, totally hands-off um, is not something that we play in too often. Okay. Hard to be successful. Now, what about, and I want to just shift a little bit off the, off mm -hmm. the uh, video for a moment, because I see that. I mean, clearly yeah. it's, it's, it, mm -hmm. it's what's happening. Right. And all you have to do is see somebody, but it's not just young people see anybody go, Oh, and you see, they're going to the next video, the next video, you know, and I said, the algorithm's designed for that. It's yeah. literally designed for addiction models. Yeah. That's what it's for. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Yes. But, but in B2B, especially uh, let's say higher level services, professional services, technology services, yeah. and so on. Historically, there's always been a burden on having written content, uh, longer form content, idea-based content, conceptual content. Is that gone away? Are we down to it? So it still comes down to it. The cat video wins the day. <laughs> it's funny because I think you, you can still give high value and uh, really relevant content to your audience, but you have to think of people are scrolling and they're watching the cat video. They're watching more of that edgy, uh, what a, entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. So how can you make yourself more entertaining? As an example, Excel, not Microsoft Excel, not overly exciting. Right. I just listened to a talk from Miss Excel on TikTok. And she was talking about how short form video changed her life. And basically blew up a, a business from nothing because she went all in on TikTok talking about tricks in Excel. Let that sink in for a moment. Excel to me gives me the hives, not generally sexy, <laughs> but there's someone out there who was like, oh, how can I sort this spreadsheet right. easier? And found her resource and just followed her. And the way that she displayed it was through storytelling. Mm -hmm. And yes, some dancing, we'll get into that, but you don't need to dance and be all whatever you give high value, have high energy and you, and also something to think about when it's a person on camera, it's going to resonate a lot better than like stock images or even like POV kind of content, point of view content, right? People resonate with other people. And that's kind of the, the sauce when it comes to like so social people, people. So would you say, yeah. let's say somebody's running a CPA firm. Mm -hmm. Um, which would be Excel, you kind of trigger mm -hmm. that thought, right? Which yeah. is outside of other CPAs, not that exciting. Sorry, apologies to all of the people. And also a very highly regulated industry. Oh, yeah. 
So, so, all right. So now are there examples or are they, is it an opportunity for a CPA to be on camera speaking about things and that person, you know, personality type, I know this is very stereotypical. Yeah. So sure there's <laughs> exceptions to this. Yeah. By and large, I've known a lot of accountants. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, not necessarily people that go do songs and song, uh, singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of, they want to keep it straight to the number, like you said, highly regulated and so on. How do they? How can they bring their ideas, their insights, their wisdom through social, without feeling like it's an out of body experience? I think that is a challenge for a lot of business owners because they also feel like they need to look, feel, act a certain way. And something that people can tell right out the gate is if you're not being yourself. Okay. And if you're like, can't like showing up on camera as myself, Carlin is not my jam. Don't do it. Do something different. Maybe you use the text, the text to speech, right. And it's you like doing something right now. That's super popular. Again, it could all change tomorrow is setting up your camera working in a time-lapse video where going it's going really fast, but you're recording like 20 minutes of you just like doing your thing, having a call, you know, writing notes, like mailing the thing, talking to your assistant if they come in the office. That, and then you have it overlaid with a, with, um, a quick tip, right? Have you filed your quarterly taxes or whatever, right? Did you know that you could write off this? Okay. Right. Like it could be like you're filling your gas tank. Okay. It's like, this is a write off, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is, it it's, doesn't have to necessarily be you because people will be able to tell if you feel uncomfortable. Okay. So. No, but I, I like the simplicity of that and yeah. you're still giving the advice you want to give. Exactly. And right. I think it's just consuming a little bit of that content. If you haven't already just, those that are listening, if you haven't consumed a lot of that short form video and you're like, after listening to this podcast, like I'm ready to go, go and consume some of it first so that you right. can see, oh, this resonates with me. Oh, this doesn't resonate, resonate with me. Cause that's something that I ask all of my clients. I'm like, do you feel comfortable on video? Yes or no. And people will be honest. They'll say, and then uh, the next question is if no, could you be talked into it? If you had proper training. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then some people are like, okay, yeah, I could. And or is and, it, or is it like some people would rather attend their own funeral than, than correct. Publicly. right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's finding that happy balance in that medium right. um, aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tricky though, but you know, like I've uh, over the decades, right. Of like things like sales training, where at one point there's like, you have to have uh, you have to be humorous or you have to be a certain way. And these are things that you either are, or you aren't. Um, you know, and if you try, if you're a, like not a funny person, you try to be funny. That's very painful for all involved. Yeah. Uh, it, and it falls and it falls flat. Like I saw that happen to one of my clients and, you know, we were trying, she wanted to do trends and I'm like, okay, great. And then she was doing trends and she's like, why aren't they, why aren't they? And I was like, they, they probably just don't feel like you. Do you feel comfortable doing them? She goes, not really. I said, then maybe we need to do like talking. I call them talking head reels mm-hmm. where you it's you on camera sharing a tip. Okay. Rather than sharing a tip through a trending audio, which stresses you out having to lip sync and do all the stuff. And she's like, okay, let's try that. Okay. We did it. And the first one we did got like triple the amount of views that the trending one did. Okay. 
So people can, her audience right. resonate with who she is authentically versus her trying to be this like trending voiceover person. <laughs> but that, that also has to be then you kind of hitting on another point, which is sustainability, like the ability to just keep doing it because oh my gosh. we've all seen websites that you could tell they tried to start a blog and they have five blogs from 2019. Yeah. They like, don't bother having, you know, it's like you either do or don't. It's, it's like one of those things. So it's interesting. So, so somebody in, in, um, in B2B looking at using social, should they be using it to attract new business, to connect with their current clients, to maybe enhance their position as a place to maybe come to work? What should be the, what are the things they should be thinking about accomplishing by being more aggressive on social? I think all of those that you mentioned serve a purpose but you can't do all of them all the time at the same time. Okay. So it's about being intentional. It's about understanding what your goals are, but also at the same time where you're starting from, right? So if you're like, I want to grow my website traffic to this inquiry form by 100% from two days ago, like probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you have a goal of like, well, right now we're at, you know, we have 1500 sessions every single month to this inquiry page, 50% of which are from social, right? And then you can go into Google Analytics and say, okay, Facebook is this, Instagram is this, Pinterest is this, whatever. Then from there, you can properly map to a metric that makes sense in terms of increase. If gr growing your inquiries, if that's what it is, you need to get that granular. And then you need to create content that ladders up to the inquiry form. If you're like, man, we are getting a lot of business. We need more cust We need more candidates, quality candidates. Then you might want to double down over on LinkedIn, showing company culture, company perks, mm. and not just like saying what they are. So if you have a gym, as an example, in the bottom of your building, that's open 24 hours to anyone that works there. Show you best have a photo of this gym. <laughs> Even better, have people in your swag working right. out in said gym. <laughs> right. You know, if you are a big, you know, one of one of the people that I uh, work with, they're big beer people. Engineering firm and they love brewing beer. They have a lot of beards, you know, that's part of their culture. And so every every month they have like a barbecue. Okay. And it has a theme. And then there's photos that get taken. I think last year, last uh, it was like Cinco de Mayo, I think was their last one. And like they had the sombrero and the margaritas and the, <laughs> and like all of that was all those photos were collected and then shared on their glass door. Okay. Which also, if you think about it, is an extension of social. Sure. Of course. And their LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. So it, cause showing that side of it attracts people in and tells the greater story of what it's like to work there. Versus like saying, we're great. Come work for us. It's like, well, are you really? Because everyone can say that. Right. Everyone does say that. Yeah. And no so one says we're a terrible place to work. <laughs> Accurate. You're totally Accurate. right. I mean, don't, don't work here. I, don't work here. Avoid us. Yeah. Avoid us. So no, no so wow. It, it show, social gives you the opportunity to show behind the scenes a little bit. Okay. I like that. And that can yeah. mean a lot to different audiences. A lot of different good, and, and potential other, partners, customers, employees. Yeah. yeah like, oh, there's real humans that work here and they like, right. like what they do and they're having a great time. And I think a lot of times, especially some of the more stuffy industries, 
don't like to show that, but then when they do, they realize that they're attracting more of the right type of clients for themselves, as mm -hmm. well as the right type of people to work with them. No, I love that. I love that. Carl, th this is a topic we could keep going. It's like I know. on on, but I, I'm so thankful. I mean, really shedding some light on the relevance of social media as a, as a platform for a lot of different uses and, and yes, it's for B2B too. So that's, that's awesome. So, so Carla, if somebody listening right now wanted to know more about you and your work, wanted to contact you, where should they go? You can visit my website, osnapsocial.com. That's O-H snapsocial.com. Uh, and I have some resources there for you uh, to check out and some blogs. So come join me. Fantastic. Carl, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.